to Speak a Dogcast. My name is David Farb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I am broadcasting from WOUF Woof Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me again today. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you're going to want to check them out. Now, of course, you can also head on over to Instagram and find me there at Speak a Dogcast for more dog training content. And if you want to support the show even further, you can become a patron of the show today. Yes, you can go on over to patreon.com slash speakadogcast and check it out. And if the visual thing is more your thing, head on over to YouTube. Yes, you can uh, subscribe to my page there at youtube.com slash speakadogcast. And guys, if you love what you're hearing, do me a favor, scroll on down, give me that five-star rating, leave me a review on YouTube, give me the thumbs up. I would appreciate it so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for all the reviews and everything so far. Uh, It's really wonderful and been a lot of fun, so thanks, guys. Now, on today's show, we are taking your dog out in Publix. I mean public. Uh, (laughs) Look, some of you guys might be familiar with what's going on with Publix right now, the grocery store chain, dogs and We'll talk more about it and uh, and get into it. Uh, then comes back to school. It is that time of year again. We've got to consider our dogs, guys. Don't let them fall to the back burner. What we can do to get your dog happy, healthy with all the chaos of back to school. Then comes the history of animal mascots 101, followed by that listener Q&A. If you have questions for the listener Q&A, keep sending them to me. You can email me, questions at speakadogcast.com or just message me on social media. Now, before we get going with today's show, I have to give you today's trivia question, and that question is going to be, what is the dog-related term for attempting to cure a hangover with more alcohol? Yes, what is the dog-related term for attempting to cure a hangover with more alcohol? I will give you the answer to that question somewhere in today's show, so be sure you stick around, sit, stay, and enjoy the podcast. Next on Speak a Dogcast, taking your dog out in Publix. I, I mean public. <laughs> Look, any of you guys that live in the southeastern United States, probably more Florida right now because I think you know that's where this was happening. I don't know if Publix is doing this everywhere, but they're definitely doing it in Florida. Uh, Publix. For those of you uh, that are not aware of what Publix is, Publix is a chain of grocery stores that's very based out of Florida, very common in the southeast, and um, Publix has put out, the whole controversy is that Publix has put out a sign, a very big sign out front, like a six foot tall sign that basically states in a nutshell, your pet is not welcome in the grocery store. And I applaud them for one. I'm all for it. I think it's a wonderful stance to take because I agree with them wholeheartedly. Pets have no business being in a grocery store. And so here's the thing, guys, this topic today that we're going to talk about is a generalized topic. It's not just, it has to do with Publix, but this story came up and that's why it's relevant to talk about it. Um, and I think I first saw the article last week, one of the articles that this woman in South Florida is boycotting Publix because they won't allow her to bring her dog. And I want to be like, can somebody inform her that she wasn't actually allowed to bring her dog before the sign went up? Nothing's actually changed because the law is very explicit and clear, um, about pets and food and restaurants. And, uh, unfortunately some businesses do not feel empowered lately to, take the right steps to not allow these people to bring their pets in. And I applaud Publix again for being brave, for stepping up and saying, hey, too many people are bringing their pets into the store and this is inappropriate and unnecessary. And for that matter, unsafe and potentially unhealthy. So 
the deal is this woman is, is claiming she wants to boycott Publix because she can no longer bring her dog. And again, I want to inform her, lady, you were never allowed to bring your dog. You're just an entitled person who thinks that they're entitled to do whatever the hell they want. It's probably the problem with most of society nowadays. Um, oh, you're conforming. Please, guys, that's called societal norms and, and, and common courtesy and decency. Call me old fashioned. Um, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Look, I, I, I worked in hospitality for a while. My wife did as well, even more so than I did. Um, and it's, it's crazy because this was, this was something that was a weekly occurrence that people were bringing their pets on vacation and keeping them in the hotel room and all this stuff. And they weren't service dogs, like very obvious guys. 90% of the the dogs that ended up in the hotels were not service animals, like 90%. And again, this isn't like an occurrence that happened three times a year. This was a weekly occurrence at one hotel. Like I, my wife didn't work at all 20 something, 30 something hotels on the property where she was. Um, you know what I mean? So do the math. This happens everywhere all the time to a point that it's getting ridiculous. Guys, I love dogs. Clearly I love my dogs. I don't need to bring them everywhere with me though. I just, I don't, I think it's inappropriate at times and I think dogs have a place and there are times out in public when we can bring them out and I'm all for that. I do that. We're going to talk about more about that today as well. Um, but simply put, there's a time and a place for everything in a grocery store. It's not the place for a dog. I've made the comment before. I don't want your dog's butt in my shopping cart where I'm putting my food, my produce, things that can easily be contaminated. God forbid your dog has worms. <laughs> you know, fecal matter even. I mean, guys, this is this is not rocket science here. This is basic hygiene. And for some reason, people think they have the entitlement to bring their dogs into a grocery store where this could potentially cause an actual health problem. Seems pretty straightforward to me. Uh, same thing with people bringing dogs into restaurants. Like, it's the same. It's one thing if it's an outdoor restaurant or whatever. But it's just, to me, it's getting carried away. And so that's really, that's that's kind of the point of today's conversation is I love bringing my dogs out in public, but it's getting carried away. People are taking it to a degree that it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, I have to bring my dog to a grocery store. I'm going to boycott this grocery store because they won't let me bring my dog with me. Like, my God, where what has happened as a society that that's where our priorities are? You know what I mean? Like, my goodness. Uh, guys, I, I, I love what I do for a living to some degree. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where I love dogs. Again, I love what I do. I love being able to encourage people to bring their dogs out into the appropriate public spaces. But my goodness, we have to draw the line somewhere. And the grocery store seems like, to me, a pretty obvious place to draw that line. I have never once had the inclination to go, oh, I'm going to, I got to go pick up uh, a couple things for dinner. Well, I might as well bring my dog with me. Like, no, <laughs> it's just, um, guys, there's places we can bring our dogs out into public that are perfectly appropriate. Give your dog a fun experience, stimulation, enrichment, and it doesn't have to be an inappropriate place. Um, what about people that have allergies? Like if everybody, if everybody who has dogs just started bringing their dogs everywhere, guys, it would be a problem. Like it would, I'm sorry. It just would from a behavioral standpoint, from a hygienic standpoint, it would cause issues. Leave your dogs at home. As a matter of fact, it's healthy to leave your dogs at home. So let's move on to the next point here. Having healthy separation from your dog is a good thing. Look, even service animals, there are certain times when the handler 
has to be separated from their service animal. It's going to happen. It's inevitable at some point. And you bet they teach those dogs to learn how to be able, how about like a simple, simple thing? Like uh, service dogs, most of them, you need to be able to put them in a stay and walk away from them out of sight and the dogs don't care. That's the, you know, that's one of the criteria for the uh, um, good, uh, good canine citizen test, right? So it's almost always a thing where you need to be able to walk away from your dog and have them be cool with it, okay? So it's something they teach service dogs is to be calm with their owners being away from them. Why, as as a regular dog owner, do we think my dog needs to be with me 24 hours a day? It's actually unhealthy for your dog because they're not going to know what to do that one instance when you do have to leave them alone. Then we have separation anxiety. Then we have issues. So leaving your dog at home can be a very mentally, behaviorally healthy thing that you can practice for you and your dog, okay? Um, Look, people that don't want to leave their dogs at home, do you have separation anxiety from your dog? Yes. (laughs) You do. You do. Whether you want to admit it or not, if you can't leave your dog at home, guys, you have separation anxiety issues. Sorry. Like, I dropped the ball here. I mean, I dropped the mic, whatever. It's a big thing. But it's the truth. It is the truth. You have separation anxiety from your dog if you can't leave your dog home alone. And it's going to be a vice versa kind of thing. If you create that kind of anxiety with yourself and your dog, your dog is going to reflect that back at you. So when we talk about taking our dogs everywhere in public with us, I think it's getting a little ridiculous to a point that the dogs don't even know how to be left alone and the person doesn't know how to be alone without their dog. We go to these extremes nowadays, you know, like, oh, my dog, oh, my dog's my fur baby. It has to be with me. It's my baby. There's like no such thing as balance anymore. And I feel bad for people that don't at least want to strive to create that balance. Look, it's one thing to do it. It's, It's tough to create balance in life and not easy. But to not even want to try to create it. When I take a dog for three weeks for for a boot camp, we go, oh, I can't be without my baby that long. And I look at him, I go, have you ever gone for vacation for like a week and a half or two weeks? Did you bring your dog with you? No. So is there really? Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just being a little truthful today, huh? That's all right. So You know, it's, again, guys, I don't have a problem with dogs out in public in certain instances. I just think we've taken it to an extreme. We've created an imbalance, and we actually end up creating anxieties because of it, whether it's us or our dog. So where is an appropriate place to take your dog in public, right? Where is it? How about a dog park? Let's start there. I mean, the most obvious, most appropriate place to possibly take a dog in public is going to be a dog park. And it's great for them. It's great enrichment, double-edged sword, right? Uh, you heard my thoughts on dog parks before. Uh, but it can be a good thing. It can be a fun thing for your dog to do, obviously. Where else can we take our dogs? Out to lunch at an outdoor restaurant that allows it. I make a point to lift up that phone and make a phone call, hey, do you allow dogs on your porch? Some places don't. And people get so upset. I don't understand. People get so upset. You won't let dogs. That's ridiculous. Da, da, da. Guys, it might be an insurance problem. It's a liability issue to let dogs in on your property. It is. It's a liability issue. God forbid two dogs get in a fight. God forbid a dog bites a person as they're walking by. Um, these things, unfortunately, can happen. And again, the whole reason 
a rule is in place at a restaurant most likely is either A, they had an incident and they decided to not let dogs on the property anymore, or B, maybe there is an insurance or liability issue where their insurance won't let them bring dogs on property. Or if they're going to bring dogs on property, they have to pay three times the amount. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that a public place, well, public, excuse me, it's, technically it's private, right? A restaurant's private property, that they might have one of these rules in place. So instead of getting upset, let's go, let them think, let's go to a different restaurant tonight. Not a big deal. Like, not, not a big deal, guys. Uh, but the restaurant, I love taking my dogs out to eat with us. It's a lot of fun. We don't do it every single day. Uh, we don't even necessarily do it every week. It really depends. But it's one of those things where it can be a fun thing to do if it's the appropriate setting. Just make sure you call the restaurant first, guys. Common courtesy, common decency. I know, it's an old old way of thinking apparently <laughs> and I'm not that old so maybe it's not maybe it's just a uh, far and few between that think like that um all right so call the restaurant check it out uh, another great place that I do like to take dogs it's not food related I like to take dogs to Home Depot and Lowe's these are two companies that welcome dogs well, dogs are welcome on a leash. They're welcome to come inside. It's a great training environment. Lots of sounds, noises, sights, smells, all kinds of stuff going on. So it really can be a great environment to train your dog in as well. Again, extra stimulation, extra uh, enrichment, you know, that kind of stuff going on. So it really can be um, a good place to take your dog to get some training and get them, like I said, enrichment and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, you know, then there's other places, of course, obvious, again, pet stores, things like that. Go for a hike down a hiking trail. Take them downtown if you've got a great thriving downtown area. Uh, how about a walk around a lake? They've got all these great trails around lakes and stuff. I mean, come on, guys. Let's think outside of the box and stop going, well, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to be lazy. My dog needs to. I haven't taken them out this week, so I'm just going to bring them to the grocery store with me. Stop being lazy. Do what's right by your dog and by your fellow neighbor. Um, let's, let's stop thinking of just what benefits us and let's start thinking about what's going to best benefit everybody else sometimes sometimes you gotta gotta watch out for yourself don't get me wrong and your dog guys and the grocery store Publix is the biggest place that you need to not be taking your dog like I can't think of a more inappropriate envi environment to take your damn dog to <laughs> I mean, it kind of it cracks me up to think that this woman is 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 seriously boycotting Publix because they put a sign out front saying "Stop bringing your freaking pet in a grocery store." Logic is a thing of the past, too, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, and again, they didn't change their policy, guys. This is what it's always been. Nothing has changed. They're just saying stop being entitled. And I will say the really the nice thing. The nice thing that I've seen about all this, I couldn't help it. I had to go click on some of the comments on social media to see what people are saying about when these articles are posted. Oh, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. 99, literally like 99% of the people in the comments said, the woman's an idiot. Stop bringing your pet to the grocery store. So I hope I'm just kind of... um you know, uh, 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 validating everybody else out there that has the same thoughts that I do on this, because it is, it's 99% of those people commenting, so I know you're out there. Uh, but again, guys, there's appropriate, I, I, I love it. It's my one of my favorite sayings. It's not, I mean, my parents used to say it, but it's from something else originally, you know, time and a place for everything, and it's called college, <laughs> right? That was, that's the human part, but it's so true. The first part of that is so true, guys. There is a time and a place for everything. And the grocery store is not neither the time nor the place for your dog. Are you tired? 
tired of your dog barking all the time? Or maybe you want them to stop jumping on people when they come over. Or does your dog take you for a walk instead of the other way around? Well, we can help. At The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, we are committed to improving the relationships and lives people have with their pets. No matter what behavioral issue you are experiencing, from an unruly puppy to more severe issues, we can help. Our virtual training programs are catered to you and your pet and create a training plan that gets results. For more information, you can check out our website at www.thenatureoftraining.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Speak a Dogcast. With the ability to connect, teach, and train with pet owners around the world, together we can make a better home for our furry friends. The Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, helping you achieve success with your pet. Speak your dog cast back to school. Oh, back to school. Back to school. That's a little older reference for some of you younger ones out there. Okay, so back to school. Uh, it is interesting. You know, in the past, especially, I would, um, you know, when I, when I was in an area with a lot more younger people, uh, <laughs> September. And August maybe would be somewhat quiet. Beginning of August usually was a little busy with boarding. And then by end of August, everybody's getting back to school. Things kind of quiet down. And by October, all of a sudden, things kind of ramp up again. And the reason why, simply put, is that behavioral issues start popping up. Look, getting back to school can be chaotic, right? Like, it, I, I can't even comprehend having multiple kids in like three different... I mean, my parents at one point had one in elementary, one in middle, one in high school. Like, what a nightmare. Uh, even worse for parents nowadays, you know? Um so it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. And the dog gets neglected. You know, it's sort of like the COVID effect. It's sort of like what happened when everybody was home for a while. The dog was getting stimulated all the time, walked all the time, played with all the time, went for adventures all the time. Summer is the same thing. That's what happens in the summer. Kids are home, a lot of activity, a lot going on. People, are, there's almost always someone in the house for a lot of people, right? That's how summer goes. And so then when we get back to school, our dog all of a sudden loses all of that stimulation, all of that activity. They get bored, they get frustrated, and that's when behavioral issues arise. So it's important that when you get back to school with your kids, you get back to school with your dog. And really, what do I mean here, guys, is look, again, look at, let's, like, let's look at it, right? Over the summer, we've created a new routine. And your dog gets pretty used to that routine even in just a handful of months, right? They can get pretty set on it. And so you need to be able to transition back to a different routine that's going to benefit both you and your dog, all right? So what does it take, right? What does it take? We've got two working parents. We've got kids in school, and we've got a dog. What does it take to keep our dog happy and stimulated? What does that look like on a daily basis? I will say, you know, I like to tell people the more kids you have, <laughs> when it comes to a dog, it can actually really work to your advantage. I am a big fan and big advocate of everybody in the household doing just a little bit to contribute to add up to the bigger picture when it comes to training and working with our dog. Okay, so you know, you have to think of your own individual schedules and your own timing and all that kind of good stuff. But the generalized gist of it is most people, most don't wake up at the exact same time, right? Like if we have a household of five people, it's very rare that all five people, I mean, I don't even know anybody that this has ever happened, even I'm growing up, again, all different ages. I don't know of any household where all five people in the house are going to wake up at the exact same time every day. 
It's just not going to happen. And to be honest, it works to your advantage with the dock because the first person that wakes up very first thing in the morning can get up and start working the dock, whatever that looks like, whether that be a walk, playtime, uh, any kind of other exercise, maybe it's just feeding time. Whatever is going to work for you, you have to take into consideration all the variables that go with your dog. Okay, so like, let's think about it. If we have a big dog and that big dog needs big exercise, that dog needs a big meal, we have to consider, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a process. We need to avoid bloat. We got to give him the right exercise, but then he's got to settle before we can eat. These are the things we've got to take into consideration. And I beg you guys, don't put your dog to the side. Don't put them on the back burner. Make sure you're bringing them and incorporating them into your routine when we get back to school. Very important. But again, like I said, if you've got five people in your house, use it, people. Use it. <laughs> if the first person wakes up at 4.35 in the morning and the last person leaves the house at 9 a.m., that's a lot of time when you think about it. That's quite a few hours to be able to fit in a walk, exercise, feeding time, play time, snuggle time. Why not? Uh, all the things your dog is going to want to make them fulfilled and happy for the day. So if you can start thinking about, okay, from five to nine, who's where, who's doing what, and start letting everybody play their role and do their part, you'll be surprised how much better your dog will transition back to school. Uh, look, the other thing is you have to think about, again, routine. Going back to that for a moment, the routine has been set for the summer, and it literally kind of does a 180 to school mode and everybody's like in panic, <laughs> running around like chickens with their heads cut off, going crazy, making sure we got all our stuff, our schoolwork, our this or that, the activities, did we pack a lunch, did we do this? Someone's, your dog's gonna pick up on that energy, okay? Your dog is going to pick up on that chaotic energy and it actually can in turn to make them more anxious. So my biggest suggestion is the week leading up to school, not always ideal, but my suggestion is the week leading up to school I want you to double the exercise you've been doing with your dog. Double might be a little much, you know, everybody's dog's a little different size, breed, all that good stuff. Heat, let's take into consideration it's still very hot out. Please be careful. If you wanna double your exercise, you may not be able to walk your dog at 2 p.m. You may have to do it in the mornings or at night. So just think about that. Please take that into consideration with this heat. It's It's been so hot, it's been brutal. Um, and I don't want you guys overheating your dogs. Uh, great episodes, by the way. Go back and check out all my segments, all my episodes on summer, on um, what to look out for with excessive overheating with dogs, how to, how to make sure we uh, counter that if they do get overheated, all kinds of great info. So make sure you go back, peruse and browse through my previous episodes. All right. So again, we're going to double, <laughs> we're going to double that exercise and, and increase the amount of energy we're burning that week before school. So that way, when we hit week of school and we can't quite fit in that same amount of exercise anymore, your dog's going to be more apt to just be like, uh, what are they doing? Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I'm sleepy. I don't care. <laughs> okay, if your dog is sleepy and tired, they're less likely to care about all the action, all the madness that's going on to get, get your kids ready, right? So think about that, guys. Take, take that energy level down a notch before we get back to the, you know, people being gone eight hours a day, okay? Now, again, we talked about doggy day camps recently and what to look for in a doggy day camp facility. Guys, I'm a big advocate for it. I think in this modern day that we live in, I mean, let's just let's just kind of talk real here for a second. When I grew up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. You know, my dad worked. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. It wasn't until, and I was the youngest of three, it wasn't until I was in fifth grade that my mom went and got a job, and she ended up working with my dad, too, like for my dad, with my dad. Um, 
So it wasn't even like, you know, a true nine to five. Her boss could let her off a little early if she needs to go pick up the kids from something. Uh, but even then, my mom was, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed and very lucky um, that my mom was around. You know, my dad was around too, for that matter. I'm very beyond lucky, beyond blessed that my parents were always there. Um, but the point is, guys, I knew a lot of other kids growing. I mean, a lot of the other kids I grew up with going to school, not everybody, but a lot of them, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home mom. And you just don't see that as much anymore. And I'm not like criticizing, you know, is what it is. Um, it's the way we're, we're evolving as a society. But the reality of it is my mom was home. She wasn't gone for eight hours a day. Well, my mom had a life. <laughs> it's not like she just sat around twiddling her thumbs for eight hours out of the day or cleaning the house and that was all she did. That's No, it was more than that. But the point is my dog rarely, our dog at home rarely was was cooped up for eight hours. I mean, it just didn't really happen that often. And again, with three kids, we're always coming and going. So even if my mom had a big day, by the afternoon, we're coming home. And, you know, like it, it was such a different world. And, you know, I've talked about this before, the chaoticness of our society now and the way we all operate and run. And it's so... <sighs> What's the word I'm looking for? It's so counter to how dogs operate. Look, if we really want to get kind of almost philosophical for a minute, I think it's against how human beings are wired. I don't think we're wired to just work, 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 go, 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 go. That's almost living life in a state of fight and flight mode, your brain. And we're not designed to constantly live in that state. We're not. Uh, human beings are just, we're not. It makes us anxious, makes us depressed, makes us whatever. Um, Normally, uh, uh, being anxious is is anticipation of something to come or not to come, right? That's where anxiety is, is anticipating the future. Um, and again, we're just we're very unique in that sense that we don't live in that kind of go mo survival mode, if you will, and so we don't have to, but we kind of do still, right? Like we we. It's a weird thing to think about that with with all the crap we have in this go, go, go mentality, this go, go, go lifestyle and all that, um, it's kind of in a way not good for us. And it, I can tell you for certain, it's not good for our relationship with our dogs. I'm just being honest, guys. I'm just being honest. You know, you look at, like, like in the past, it's funny, it's popping into my head when I read the, uh, uh, you know, Dog Whisperer books years and years ago. And one of them, he talks a lot about his clientele that he had out in L.A. And a lot of these people are stars and celebrities. And guys, celebrities are not home very much. Like they've got interviews and acting jobs and this and that. And they have to go work out. And then their personal trainer. And I'm like, I'm not. That's their lifestyle. And it's funny because you read in his books about all of these horrible behavioral issues all of these dogs had. And the reason why is there's nobody around. There's no pack. There's no influence. There's nothing conducive to how a dog's brain is hardwired to work well in their lives. And I'm finding that we, the average person is being more and more like that, where it's just this constant and look to each his own, right? Like to each his own, I suppose. Um, but this goes back to what I was talking about, uh, uh, in, in the previous segment, creating balance. And look, even in my own life, guys, recently I've, been struggling with creating balance. You know, I'm just full honesty time. I've really been struggling with creating balance in my life. And I feel like I'm on the uptick now and I'm doing better, but it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. And it's sometimes really hard when you're in that imbalance to see that you're imbalanced uh, or unbalanced, imbalanced, unbalanced, whatever. Anyway. Um, so it's funny when we talk about it, you know, we're talking about back to school routines, but it's amazing how 
we've affected our dogs, honestly, guys, in not, not such a great way by evolving as a society the way we have. Like, does that kind of make sense? Um, it's tough. It's tough. And that's part of what makes my job difficult is convincing people you have to put in the time. You have to spend, you have a, you have a lab, you have a German Shepherd. You need to spend two hours every day exercising this dog. You need to interact with this dog. I'll sometimes get families where, well, the wife really does the dog stuff. Husband doesn't really. And we have behavioral issues. And I go, guys, this is, this is part of the problem right here. You don't want to act in a way that's conducive to the way that animal is wired. They're pack animals. They want to be with their pack, listen to their pack, do things with their pack. And whether you like it or not, if you live in the house with your dog, you're part of their pack. And so when I talk about back to school, this is why I emphasize so much. Everybody has to play their role. Everybody has to play their role, no matter how small or big, in working with their dog and being a part of that pack. Is that going to mean you need to maybe have a sit down as a family, have a little family meeting, family powwow? Guys, let's talk. We're a month into school and Fluffy's tearing up pillows all of a sudden. We need to do something about this, right? We need Fluffy to not feel anxious. We need to fulfill her and do what's right by her because that's that's what we've taken on. Okay? It can be a teaching moment for your kids. Wow, imagine that. A teaching moment about responsive, as my parents used to love to say, the big R word, responsibility. All right? So that's, that's why having a dog can be great. And I, I see it time and time again where parents do not utilize a pet to their advantage. It's the perfect opportunity to teach responsibility, but instead the parents end up doing all the work themselves and they let the kids screw off and give them their iPad. And we wonder what's wrong with our society today that we've lowered our expectations and a lack of follow through. Man, I took this segment a little different direction than I thought I was going to today, but that's okay. It's all relevant. Uh, <laughs> so guys... Very simply put, when we get back to school, do right by your dog. Make sure your dog is fulfilled. Get your kids involved. Get the family involved. Make it a family affair. Create a healthy, stable pack by getting everyone involved and helping your dog be happier and healthier. That's right. By giving them walks, by giving them stimulation. Everybody can do it. Everybody can contribute. And back to school, while it's stressful, maybe let's try to make it just a little less stressful for your dog. The answer to today's trivia question, what is the dog-related term for attempting to cure a hangover with more alcohol? It's the hair of the dog. Yes, hair of the dog. The expression, uh, expression originally referred to a method of treatment for a rabid dog bite by placing hair from the dog into the bite wound. Crazy. Uh, that's okay. It was a different time. Uh, actually, interestingly, Ebenezer Cobham Brewer writes in the Dictionary of Phrase and Fable from 1898... In Scotland, it is a popular belief that a few hairs of the dog that bit you applied to the wound will prevent evil consequences. Applied to drinks, it means if overnight you have indulged too freely, take a glass of the same wine within 24 hours to soothe the nerves. If this dog do you bite soon as out of your bed, take a hair of the tail the next day. Well, there you have it. Hair of the dog. By no means am I encouraging people to drink that much. Please don't. Uh, drink responsibly. <laughs> Next on Speaking Dogcast, it's the history of animal mascots 101. 
Today, we'll be talking about the University of Connecticut. Now, the University of Connecticut, or UConn, they were originally founded as the Storrs Agricultural School on April 21st, 1881. The school became a public land-grant college and then became the University of Connecticut in 1939. Now, the college did not have a mascot at all until 1933. Yes, this is when the school newspaper decided to put out a popular poll to determine what the mascot would be. And the students chose... The Siberian Husky. Yes, the Husky Dog. <laughs> now, all of these Husky Dogs, they are named Jonathan in honor of the last colonial and the first state governor of Connecticut, Jonathan Trumbull. Now, there are two Jonathan mascots, one being a person in a suit, and of course, the other being a live canine Husky. Now, all but the very first Jonathan have actually been a solid white Husky with one brown eye and one blue eye. That is until 2013. Yes, Yukon officially decided to change their logo from the solid white husky to a black and white husky. Now, there have been 15 Jonathans, although this is kind of up for debate. Uh, yeah, the school says there's no debate though. F 15 Jonathans, but here's the thing. Look, Jonathan the Ninth, he arrived on campus in July of 1991. Now the honor of caring for Jonathan, all the Jonathans, this lands on the co-ed honor fraternity, Alpha Phi Omega. Now, before the dog made his debut to the student body, the fraternity stated that he was not Jonathan the Ninth, but in fact, rather, Jonathan the Tenth. What gives? Now, Alpha Phi Omega's theory was that there were actually two Huskies that served as Jonathan the Eighth. So the mascot's name needed to reflect this fact. Now, there are no public records to dispute or verify this claim, but it is the claim given by the university in publications as well as on tours. Now there's other theories floating about, but to me it kind of sounds like somebody messed up somewhere and it was a little bit of a CYOA situation. Uh, those of you not familiar with that, it's cover your own butt. <laughs> I think uh, Jonathan the Ninth got away from them and they had to get a replacement and felt the need to make up the slide to make it the appropriate number. I don't know, that's just my guess. My theory, totally out of nothing verified. <laughs> no evidence given, but that's what I'm sticking with, right? Now, the newest Jonathan, which would be Jonathan the 15th, questionable. He was introduced on June 28th, 2023. Husky fans, don't come after me, all right? Don't, don't, I don't need to get hate emails from UConn fans. Now, <laughs> Jonathan the 15th, he's going to be making appearances alongside Jonathan the 14th until Jonathan of the 14th's official retirement. Yes, he's going to tour around with him to get accustomed to his new role and practicing his training. Just like a good dog and a good handler should. Next on Speak a Dog Cast, it's the listener Q&A. The first question today comes from Danny from Springfield, Massachusetts. Danny says, my dog is about nine months old and she is doing really well in her training. However, one thing we're still having trouble with is she goes over to the door that we take her outside at and she pees. She won't let us know. It's not all the time, maybe once a week at most. What can I do to get her to let us know that she needs to go? Great question, Danny. Uh, yeah, look, you have a nine month old puppy. So here's the thing she should be able to hold it for a decent amount of time. I mean, really, she should be able to hold it for eight hours, quite frankly, if you needed her to. Um, so being that she has the ability to hold it, I'm guessing there might be, I'm gonna dissect this and see if I can't find it. I think there's a couple things going on here. 
Uh, first thing is when I do have an issue like this, I want to tell you what I want to do is find a pattern, find any kind of pattern. I day of the week it's happening. I mean, maybe it's because you're home and she's out more and she's drinking more, right? Uh, excuse me. Um, maybe it's the amount of time that she can physically hold it. Maybe she's over drinking. Okay. Question I want to ask you, what does her pee look like when she pees in that spot? Is it perfectly clear? Is it so clear that it almost doesn't even smell like urine? If that's the case, she's over drinking. And if she's over drinking, she's filling her bladder so full she can't hold it. And there it goes. So restricting water to a point that making sure she gets enough, but making sure she's not over drinking. That's the key. Okay. Very, very important detail there. Now, being that it's over by the door, first, I, another thing I want to take from it, a positive, a really good thing, she's doing it by the door. That's awesome. That means she's made that connection mentally that she is supposed to go outside. So that's such a huge step in the right direction. You know, like years and years ago, my male golden retriever, Colby Jack, that I used to have, uh, I miss that guy. Um, he had, he had an issue with this. It was the same thing. He'd pee right in front of the door. I think he only had like one or two poop accidents ever. And the peeing thing we dealt with for a while. And this was before I was more experienced and knowledgeable in the training. Might have been able to fix that faster had I known more. Uh, but this is quite a long time ago. So um, anyway, getting back to it. I like that they're making the connection with the door. Obviously, we don't like that they're peeing in the house. So, okay. First, is it clear? Over drinking. Handle that. Second thing. Um, you have to ask yourself this with the patterns. Is it happening at like the four hour mark every time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, has it been four hours since your dog last peed? And it, that's when this happens. It's four hours after every time. Because if it's like that, if, it's, if, if I can have a measurable mark, that's telling me your dog only knows how to hold it for four hours. What if you take your dog out every four hours? Because some people do this thinking, oh, I'm teaching them to go outside. Well, yeah, but you're also teaching them to rely on the fact that they only have to hold it for four hours. Peeing is a multi, you know, housebreaking rather, is a multi-step process. It's not just teaching them to go outside. It's teaching them to hold it too, right? So look, my personal thing that I try to go for with every dog is I want to teach them to just hold it. Just hold it. I'll, I'll let you out. Like, don't worry. I'm going to let you out. You're going to go pee. You're not going to have to hold it for an unreasonable amount of time, but you need to learn to hold it. And that's where most people miss it because the dog will come up and wolf at them. And I don't have a problem with your dog letting, you know, letting you know they need to go to the bathroom. At the same time, you have to ask, is this the maximum amount they can hold it? And that's why they're telling me they need to go. It's only been four or five hours. I should be holding a nine-month-old dog. should be able to hold it longer than that. Okay? So you have to ask yourself these questions and look at the patterns and dissect it and see where that issue really lies. It might be multiple areas. Okay? Um, but yeah, as far as trying to tell you, you can get your dog to come tell you. Right. But you have to think about it. And, and, and look, I, this is why I prefer not to do the whole dog to tell you. Let's look at it this way. If I know my dog can only hold it for four hours and that's the problem, I'm going to set a clock. I'm going to set a, uh, an alarm for three hours and 45 minutes. And then I'm going to go grab my dog and either put them in a crate or leash them up and keep them near me and extend it to five hours. Not going to let them go over to that door and pee. No, no, no. Create a barrier and not allow that behavior to happen. So it practices holding their pee for longer amounts of time. Okay. A couple different ways to tackle it. Kind of hope that helps out, Danny. Uh, good luck to you. And hopefully the peeing will stop soon. Next question. This comes from Eric from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Eric says, hi, David. I love your podcast. And I also love to golf. Heck yes. Uh, <laughs> I have a dog golf training question. Love this. I often will practice chipping in my front yard and I want my yellow lab Jerry to fetch the balls when I hit them. He loves fetching the tennis ball, but doesn't seem interested in the golf balls. Any ideas would be awesome. 
Eric, great question. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. I'm going to tell you a little story really quick. Um, like two years ago, I was playing at a golf course and this dog runs out from the backyard. Now, again, we're in Florida, so a lot of homes on golf courses here. This dog runs out from somebody's backyard. I hit, I'm in the fairway and this dog comes running over, runs over to my ball, picks up the ball and runs off with it. And I go, what the hell? <laughs> what is this? And this guy comes over from the backyard and going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I taught him to find golf balls and fetch them for me. I love that. He lives on a golf course and he teaches his dogs to seek out balls, you know, in the bushes and things like that. Get some free golf balls. It's incredible. <laughs> That's hilarious is what it is. A little irritating at the time because it's like, hey dude, that was, I had a good lie there. I mean, what's going on? Um, <laughs> So anyway, Eric, uh, funny story. Yes, it can be done. Look, the reason you're probably having a problem with it is one, the golf ball is small. It's a little awkward for your dog. Two, it's not squishy and fun, right? It's not squishy and fun. It's not fun for your dog. So what I'd recommend is take the tennis ball. Start here. Take the tennis ball and teach your dog. A, your dog already knows how to do this, but I want you to put a command to it. You need to teach your dog to hold the ball in his mouth and say, hold it, hold it. So just give him the tennis ball and say, hold it. And then take the tennis ball out of his mouth and say, good boy, and give him a treat. Put it back in his mouth. Hold it. Good. Good. Hold it. Take the ball out. Good boy. You know, you know and I actually, I said give him a treat. Stay away from the treats to start with, simply because a lot of times if you start bringing out treats, your dog wants to spit out the ball and just wants the food and isn't going to make the connection. So a lot of times, especially like you know, Yellow Lab, look, they, they love affection. They love praise. So it's really easy to do this without the food. But basically, you just want to try to get that hold it command, holding something in their mouth, that hold it command with the tennis ball. So he already likes it. He already wants to put that in his mouth. Get the hold it command going. Do that for two weeks. Okay, two weeks of hold it with the tennis ball. And if you have a release word too, you can, all right, release it. Okay, give them to release it to you. After two weeks, try it with a golf ball. Okay, be careful. Please be cautious. Please be careful. Obviously, a golf ball is smaller and I need you to be, I'm serious about this. Be very careful. I don't want it getting lodged in his throat. I don't want him to accidentally swallow it. That could be really bad news. All right, so please be cautious with the net with this next step. Look, if you really don't feel comfortable, you could literally you could tie a string around the ball, and that way you can pull it out. <laughs> God forbid, uh, you know he decides to. But know your dog, know the limits, know where to take that. Uh, but then you're just going to transition to the golf ball. Hold it, good boy. Then you're going to toss the golf ball. Say, go get it. Hold it, good boy. It's that simple. It really is, Eric. It's going to be that simple, but please proceed with caution as that golf ball, the size, just be careful, okay? Um, but being that he's already got the tennis ball and he loves it, you're on the right track, keep it going, and you'll have him fetching your golf balls for chipping in no time. <laughs> That's going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you're going to want to check them out. You can find me on Instagram at speakadogcast. Become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. Head on over to YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash speakadogcast. If you love what you're hearing, do me a favor. Scroll on down. Click that five-star rating. Leave me a review. Click the thumbs up. I would greatly appreciate it, guys. I would like to thank my patrons, my pup supporters, Regula Wright and Jill Norenberg, and my dog friend, Maureen Crossan. Have a wonderful week, and don't forget to get out there and walk your dog.